Today's scripture lesson comes to us from the letter to the Church of Colossians, chapter 4, verses 5 and 6. Hear these words of the Lord. Conduct yourselves wisely toward outsiders, making the most of the time. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer everyone. This is the word of the Lord. Will you pray with me and for me? Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. As I was trying to come up with an idea of how to talk about being committed disciples of Jesus Christ through our witness, I came across an excerpt from Philip Yancey's upcoming book titled Vanishing Grace, Whatever Happened to the Good News? The excerpt goes like this. Unless Christians demonstrate truth with our lives, what we say about what we believe will sound like empty advertising slogans. When a poll of college students asked, write the first thing that comes to mind when you hear the word Christianity, the most common answer was, people who don't practice what they preach. Unfortunately, this sentiment in Yancey's book is backed up by statistics. According to the website, americapreachers.com the number six reason for people not attending church is that churches are full of hypocrites throughout my lifetime I've heard this excuse uttered frequently by friends and co-workers and I don't know about you but every time I hear that word associated with the church it gets my hackles up it irritates me that this is the perception that people have of something that is so important to so many of us and so important to me. However, like it or not, the reality is that these are the people who see us every day and they are making judgments based on what we do Monday through Saturday and not on what we say on Sunday morning. A few years ago, I was talking with a friend about this very topic. She told me that given the things she encountered growing up in Ohio, she was not surprised by these statistics. It turns out that the girls she went to high school with would go out partying every Friday night and then go to confession every Saturday so as to absolve themselves of the actions from the night before. They never intended to repent, but because they went to confession, they felt that they could attend church on Sunday and profess to live pure and holy Christian lives. Now I realize that most of us don't go to that extreme. Yet how many of us pray for grace and mercy during Sunday services, only to enter the workplace on Monday morning and stab our co-workers in the back just to get ahead? Who sings worship songs claiming to 
love like Jesus does and then refuses to accept others because they are of the wrong race or of the wrong gender? How come we can offer praises to our Savior one day and spend the rest of the week cursing about our life situation? Is it any wonder then that the perception of the general unchurched population is that Christians are a hypocritical people? Philip Yancey eloquently put into words what I think we are being taught in today's words from Paul and Timothy. No, Paul and Timothy did not come out and say, don't say one thing and do another. Nor did they say, practice what you preach. However, what they did say was to conduct yourselves wisely and to let your speech always, always be gracious. In reality, practice what you preach is the necessary sentiment behind these words of Scripture. Think about it a moment. Our image as Christians depends on how we conduct ourselves, not within the confines of the sanctuary, but in the places where we encounter the world. We will be judged by our actions at the grocery store, and our true hearts will be revealed in the words we say when we are stressed out and angry. Whatever we say and do, becomes our Christian witness to those around us and those outside of our church circles. So what is it that you want to communicate? Do you want to support the perception that the church is full of hypocrites? Or do you want to be committed disciples of Jesus Christ through a witness that will spread a different message? Friends, the mission of the church is given to us in Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20. Jesus himself told his disciples that, and all the family of believers that would come after them, All authority in earth and heaven has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded of you. This should be our purpose. This should be what we are striving for. Making disciples of others requires us to be committed disciples ourselves. Committing to be disciples of Jesus Christ means means that we need to be committed to effective witness witnessing to others and inviting them to become members of the body of Christ are the commissioned jobs of everyone who claims the title Christian. For many of this, for many of us, this is a scary perspective. Witnessing invokes images of people standing on the street corner screaming something to the effect of repent or die. Many of us have stories of painful encounters with aggressive evangelists demanding that we agree with their interpretation of the scripture lest we should burn in hell for all eternity. 
We see preachers like Fred Phelps and his followers who disrupt military funerals to proselytize with a message of hatred and sin. The examples we see on a routine basis lead us to believe that witnessing has to be uncomfortable and obnoxious. Brothers and sisters, I contend that this is not effective witnessing. Paul and Timothy did not promote the doctrine of conversion by arm twisting. They said nothing about unrelentingly telling others that their beliefs are wrong and aggressively adopt, making them adopt our own beliefs. Rather, they tell us to season their words with salt. Our interactions with our friends, our co-workers, and our family members all need to be seasoned with the salt of love and grace. Our words need to be given in the spirit of the Lord. Our conversations with others can be a witness to the hope that we have been transformed by the grace of Jesus Christ. As such, we need to speak with love instead of hate and condemnation. We need to be steadfast in our actions, living faithfully in the truth of Jesus' love and refusing to compromise our beliefs and values even when those around us are practicing very different lifestyles. We need to act as Christ's agents in this world. In this letter to the church at Colossae, Paul and Timothy tell us to make the most of the time. In other words, they are telling us, in order to be committed disciples of Jesus Christ, we are to make the most of every opportunity to witness to others. Each day we are presented with countless chances to do so. Our witness can take many forms. Often the opportunity may be to tell somebody of the story of Christ. Other times it may be to share the testimony of our faith journey. The opportunity to witness might present itself as a chance to share wisdom that we have gleaned from the scripture or from a church service or a Sunday school class. And our witness might simply be to share the knowledge and experience that we have gained as we have journeyed along the path of life. Being committed disciples of Jesus Jesus Christ means sharing our witness and taking the opportunity to talk about Jesus and our life with him in simple but honest conversation. If we want to become committed disciples of Jesus Christ, in spite of the hypocritical image of the church, we must heed the call to be humble, caring, kind and gentle in all of our relationships. If we are to be committed disciples of Jesus Christ, We must be careful with our tongues and with our behavior. Sometimes it will mean being patient and long-suffering in relationships with the unchurched community. Sometimes it will mean listening and not saying anything at all. Always it means policing our conduct. And always 
It means being wise in our conduct. Even when we think nobody else is watching us. Being a committed disciple of Jesus Christ by our witness requires our consistency. We cannot profess to love Jesus Christ and hate our fellow man. We must be the same at work and at home when we are playing and when we are at our wit's end as we are sitting in the pews in our church worshiping our God. If we are to be committed disciples of Jesus Christ through our witness, we must practice what we preach all day, every day. As committed disciples of Jesus, we are called to be a part of, the, of God's work in his kingdom. Therefore, we are called to be participants and not just spectators. To be committed disciples of Jesus Christ through our witness, we must be willing to give testimony to that which we have seen and heard. We must be willing to take the things that we have learned from our ministers, our teachers, our friends, our families, and our fellow believers, and pass them on to others. In our journey to become committed disciples, we must take the opportunity to be present each and every time we encounter one of God's children. Each encounter, after all, is an opportunity to provide a glimpse of God's grace, In our journey to become committed disciples of Jesus Christ through our witness, take each opportunity as a chance to welcome each person, every stranger and outsider, and even every one of those that is close to you, as you would welcome Jesus. Take each opportunity to be a witness of Christ and his way of life. Take each opportunity to make disciples of all people so we can all grow with God, grow with others, and grow in service to the world. Amen and amen.